Cashflow Guys Podcast, Episode 22. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Join Tyler and his team as they unlock the secrets to achieving financial independence through wealth building strategies inspired by Robert Kiyosaki and other thought provoking leaders. Learn to build leveraged streams of cash flow that land in your pocket and improve your quality of life. Gain access to cutting edge ideas that will increase your productivity and streamline your success. Find out how to supercharge your retirement plan so you won't have to retire with a pay cut. You can escape the rat race. Are you ready? It's time to learn to earn with Tyler Chef. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. In this episode today, I am here with Mark Komula, who is a business coach and the CEO of Smarter Mojo. Within his company, he holds the title of the Chief Witch Doctor. We're going to talk about that coming up here in the episode. Mark is a certified hypnotist, life coach, and neurolinguistic practitioner, something I find highly interesting. Mark holds a master's degree in technology and business administration. He also teaches clients how to make their businesses work smarter and overcome fears that rob you of success. Mark, thanks for joining us on the show today. Oh, thank you, Tyler. In the last two episodes, Mark, we started with uh, talking about fear, and Jill and I, we covered that topic, but uh, I know you come to our cash flow events here locally in the Tampa Bay area, and you're always a wealth of information of helping the people learn, and we, and we appreciate that. You take the time to, maybe your college professor skills come, come out there, and you help the other players learn how to take their game to the next level. And one thing that we see in the game a lot is the fear. People are absolutely terrified to make a mistake. It's, you know, society teaches us that's not, you know, we, we should, mistakes are bad. We shouldn't, we should fear those mistakes that, that should stop us from doing things. Where does fear come from? How does that start, Mark? Well, like if we went really way back in history, back to like even the caveman days, the idea was that you had things that were dangerous. You know, you had dinosaurs, you had saber-toothed tigers or whatever, sure. all that stuff going on. And what our mind did is it learned to classify things Really two ways, familiar and unfamiliar. Okay. So the things that were familiar, we did, and we knew that they were okay. The things that were unfamiliar, stuff that was new, could get you killed. So we attached an emotion to that unfamiliar stuff, and we called it fear. Okay. So it was a self-protection mechanism. Now, the problem is we don't have a whole lot of stuff that can kill us here nowadays just because it's new. Right. But we have... These things that, you know, we've not done before, public speaking or uh, writing a deal or doing whatever it happens to be, that they're brand new to us and we get that emotion that happens inside of us that we call fear because we've not done it before. I see. Okay. And so this is, a, this is basically, fear is a learned behavior. It's something that, that we manifest over time. Right. Okay. Now... This is something that I see in the real estate business that is absolutely crippling to probably 98% of the people that I talk to. Uh, we do a, a little call to action. I know you listen to the show, and we do a little call to action for people to call, to call us and, and get a, help get them going in the right direction. And, and I'm glad that we do that, and I love doing that, but one of the things that we come up with is fear is usually the most limiting factor that, that people have to come up with. So 
with that, I know you're talking, you've got a book, and we're going to talk about your book in a second, but with fear, you talk about uh, it's a classif- classification of energy. Can you go a little deeper into that and how that breaks out? Okay, well, take, for instance, yeah, let's take something simple. Uh, fear. Uh, take a roller coaster. Right. Okay. There are people who just love roller coasters, and they'll get on and ride all day long, and to them, that is exhilaration. On the other side, there are people who are afraid of roller coasters. I'm one of them. Okay. So, you know, that whatever emotion got attached to it, uh, they are afraid while someone else is, you know, exhilarated by that. Some people jump out of planes, do all that kind of stuff. It's really the same emotion. And what happens is we attach a meaning to it. If I we, see. If we attach a meaning of fear, then we avoid it. If we attach a meaning of excitement or exhilaration or whatever, we go toward it. So, okay. so you're born with this, I guess at some point you have to process how you're going to identify things. For example, my question really comes from my dad loved roller coasters. Mm-hmm. I hate him. I absolutely hate him. So at what point for me, did I identify, is there a, is there a age group, a process where that, where that emanates from, where that comes from? Is it a certain time frame in my life? Did something maybe happen? I don't remember that made me identify that as fear versus exhilaration. Yeah, that's very possible. What uh, generally most of that stuff happened in our lives from age zero to about seven. Okay. And during that period of time, we didn't have any, any control over what happened. All that stuff kind of just poured into us. Right. And we, our mind being the classifying machine that it was, it said, all right, well, here's an emotion, something new that happened. Let's put it in with the other things that make us feel that way. And if you were afraid of something you know, maybe a dog barked and you got afraid of that. And all of a sudden you felt the same emotion going on a roller coaster. All right, well, that's, let's attach fear to that. And our mind classifies things based on how we feel. I see. Okay. All right. So once you've identified this and, and I've, this is a, a part of a journey that I've been going through for the last several years as you're breaking, I, I left the real estate business, got back in the real estate business. Now I'm in it in a whole different perspective. We're really stepping things up. We're acquiring, we, you know, we went from buying houses. Now we're buying apartment buildings. And I can tell you, I speak from experience when it's, it's terrifying at some points, it gets better as you go on. And now I write a deal. I mean, I'll write an offer. I don't even think twice about it. Two, $3 million offer. I just knock it out. I don't think about it anymore. So it, for me, it's been a learned it was a learned behavior going in, and it's a learned behavior coming out. Is that correct? Is that is that the gist of it? I mean, because the big question I have, and I know the listeners are going to have, is let's talk about what steps can we take to unlearn those behaviors, or, or how do you get that out of us? I know you're the witch doctor, so I want to hear you. Is it jumper cables on my earlobes, or are you going to burn me with hot wax, or, or, or reprogram my brain, or give me a frontal, frontal lobotomy, or whatever? How are we going to unlearn, or how do we reprogram ourselves to get around that that that, that crippling, crippling way of thinking. Okay. Well, what, like you mentioned, the idea is that the re, you've moved from being afraid of something to not even thinking about it now. Right. That process is you, you identify it. Now you are familiar with it. You're not afraid of it anymore. Well, the whole point being is that you can do that two ways. One is to get out and just do it. And, okay. and experience, you know, and just kind of move through and experience it as you go. The other way is to imagine doing it, and see what happens is our minds can't tell the difference between something we vividly imagine or something we actually do. So you can dry run and imagine some things and become familiar with it in your head to the point that 
you can just go ahead and do it and it'll take a lot of the fear away. I see. Okay. So one of the reason why, one of the reasons I, I think about this is as we talked about writing offers is, is something that can be crippling to investors starting out. And one of the ways I've come up with, and tell me if you think this is people are asking us, they, they always want us to coach them. They want mentorship. They want whatever. And I want to make sure that if we're going to take on somebody in that regard and help them get through some of this stuff. And obviously a lot of these people, I would refer to somebody like yourself to, to get through these issues. But as far as a, from a, a taking action standpoint is to maybe have them go through the motions of writing the offer and send us the offer and have us take a look at it. Mm -hmm. And then we'll pretend to be the seller type scenario and they get on the phone with us and they have to close this, close the offer, you know, help us close it. Or if they're in our local area, get face to face with us. Uh, do you think something like that's going to help them get through their fears? Is there going to be value in that? Yeah. Uh, anytime that you are practicing a behavior to make it easier, that's going to help. Okay. And, and it's not going to be quite the same because, you know, it's you instead of a buyer or whatever, but it will be a step in the right direction. Okay. So it's that muscle memory, so to speak. It's, is Right. It's muscle memory. Well, like anything that we, our mind remembers stuff in two things. It remembers pictures. And it remembers emotion. Okay. And then everything else, we just kind of fill in the blank. I see. So what I help people do a lot, especially with the NLP, is to change the emotion that goes with an action. And by that, you're guiding the emotion. Right. A Gui little bit. Guiding, well, and just taking it and um, kind of teaching people to physically do something that will change that emotion. I see. Okay, good. Good. And... With that writing offers, that, that's gonna let's jump right into to pulling triggers. I mean, getting them off the ledge, so to speak. I uh, I help people from time to time, and they they call me up, and they're just paralyzed. They're they're in a position where, well, I found that investor. I have the money to put into a piece of property. I've found the property, and I have to write the offer. And now I don't know. Now I'm absolutely terrified. How do I, Tyler, pull this trigger? And I and my answer is very simple. Let's just get it done. Let's go through it. Let's start with writing the seller's name on the offer. And, and I, there's been cases where I've talked people off the ledge over the phone where literally we've started out that way, write the seller's name on the offer and let's go down to the next line. And that's not something that's, I don't find it even remotely humorous. It can be crippling to a lot of people. And I remember being there many, many years ago that like, Oh boy, when I'm signing my name to this, this is a serious business. This is no joke. So getting through that, maybe some other tips on actually taking the forward action. I mean, if I, Part of what tell, what I'm thinking about here is that maybe in, in a lot of cases, some of these people that are completely crippled by the fear, maybe they need to pick up the phone and call somebody like you. How do they find a good practitioner to help them work through that that fear and, and, and go through this? If if it's not related to real estate, they're not going to pick up the phone and call me or I'm too busy to, to deal with it. How do they find somebody like you if they're in a different area or, or can you handle, can you help people from across the country? Yeah, I can help people from across the country on the phone or whatever. Basically, it's finding somebody who's willing to sit and listen to you and to help you work through whatever it is. I see. Because it's, it's, it's the way that you look at it in your mind. You, you know, make this big, you know, we all, always tend to do this. We make this big mountain out of stuff that just doesn't exist. That's really what fear is. Right. And it's one, of the, one good way to do that, to get over it, is to make a game out of it. Okay. Create a contest. I'm going to write this many offers, and if I do that, then I can give myself a prize or whatever it happens to be. Okay, great. But you know, it's the idea is reframing. You make it look, and you look at whatever's going on differently. 
make it into a game, make it into a contest, make it into whatever it happens to be that now you're not looking at it as this huge offer. You're looking at it as this is a game that I'm playing. Like, uh, like we play all the time for the, the cash flow uh, cash flow. That's see, it's kind of funny. Cause as you're saying that I'm going, that's an awesome idea. I wasn't even putting two and two together that that's what we do every other week anyway, is in making it. So maybe we'll start bringing that into the equation to help the people that come to our events is to actually have them start writing offers out and submitting the offers and rehearsing a little bit, because I don't think anybody actually does that. You see all the guru courses and they teach you all the, the A to Z soup to nuts, the whole nine yards and all these fancy exit strategies and everything else that not only the student does not understand, nor does the person that you're going to give it to. Mm-hmm. And that's been part of the struggle that we've had with real estate educators is they don't take time to educate the people on how to properly present things and how to get past that fear. I can give you all the tools in the world. I can teach you every exit strategy. I know every sales technique I know, but if you're not emotionally prepared to deliver that information, well, it's pointless. Right. It, it means nothing. It has no value whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Now, Mark, I know you have a book coming out, so I want to talk about that for, for a few minutes. Uh, the name of the book, let's go over the start with the name of the book. The name of the book is called the curse of fear, a witch doctor's RX to banishing fear. Okay. So, and basically it's a storybook. I wanted to, rather than write something dry and, uh, whatever it was, I wrote it as a story. So it follows a young man who goes and he meets this guy that they call the witch doctor. And what he does is walks this guy through different exercises, different thought patterns on how to get rid of fear because he was just afraid of everything and his life was miserable. Okay. And that's it. So beginning to end at the end of the goal, the end of this book then is to help give you some ideas to get over some of these fears, to get past some of these fears. Kind of like, uh, like who moved my cheese getting used to change. That's exactly yes. perfect example. It's story format. And I tend to identify well with that style of learning. I love the story format. One of my favorite books equity happens is begins with a story. And I, and I just absolutely, I leave, read that book all the time for that very reason. I love the story and it really helps you get engaged. So that's a great methodology. Now, is your book, is you haven't been released yet. It's about to be released, correct? Right. It'll be out the beginning of May. Okay. All right. Great. Now, if people want to, I see a lot of, like I talked about before, I see a lot of people that are just absolutely crippled by fear, and they've got to get through this. And it's not just writing the first offer. They're going to need more help past that. Um, what type of services can you provide to the listeners down the road? Like, for example, they're trying to build a business. I know you do some business coaching and things like that. Let's talk about that for a second. And for example, you got a guy that's a wholesaler and he's just terrified of negotiating. He's, he's afraid of writing offers, he, but he, know, he knows he needs to get out of the rat race and he needs to take certain steps. Mm-hmm. But not only taking that first step is difficult, it's, it, it's so crippling the whole process of opening a business. I mean, not just the, the little individual steps of the writing the offer, the finding the leads, going to marketing meetings. Is that something where you can kind of take somebody through, let's say, in a, in a subscription process or... or uh, like my first year in business, can you coach somebody through their first year in business as a, on a regular basis? And, and with that said, can that be done over the phone? Can that be done across the country? Because I can tell you, I'll probably make your phone ring off the hook. A lot of people are going to need that help. Yeah, uh, that kind of stuff can be done over the phone, can be done Skype or Zoom or you know what, any one of these video apps that can be done. Okay. Basically, it's the idea of sitting down. And what I do a lot is help people. They've got these this emotion that's built up to whatever it happens to be, whether it's, you know, writing offers or whatever we take and we look at that particular emotion and we, and I give them the tools that they need to be actually take and change that. I see. 
So we can, you know, and we experiment. There's lots of uh, different types of things can be done, but the idea is that we take the emotions that are attached to that and we assign different emotions to it. We make it feel differently, so then because it feels differently, they act differently. I see. Okay, so if, for example, if I had a problem with black, the color black, and I interpreted, interpreted that color as an evil color for whatever reason, you could help me reinterpret black as... Something that's a, it's just a, it's just a color. It's a style. It's not mm -hmm. it's not what I think it is, and I'm making it more than it is, and I can get worked work through the process. Right. And I think that's pretty cool. So you can do a whole, and and I think this is one of the things that that uh, real estate investment type training programs lack is they don't really get into the mindset so much, the interpretation of things, and that's one of the big benefits of my mentor is that he's all about mindset. It's all about mindset for him and how to get to from point A to point Z and focus on the other people's problems. Mm -hmm. Because I think if you, I'm, I'm taught, and this is a fact, if you focus on the other person's problem and you're able to provide a solution for that problem, then you can pretty much accomplish whatever you've set your mind to. That's absolutely fact. I've tried this. It works. And <clears throat> the hard part was, for me was getting through myself. I was my, the biggest thing holding me back. That was what was stopping me. It was me. That's exactly. It's we are always always our biggest enemy. Right. And recently, like you and I have had conversations about I, I give my the local events, I do them free of charge. And I'm at the point now where so many people are, are requesting my time. I'm getting to the point to where it, for me, to some degree, it was a fear. I was giving I give the, the time away for free. It became a fear. However, it became the more I give out, the more demand there is. And it got to the point now where it's you know, I don't answer the phone anymore. People have to leave a message and then they have to schedule an appointment with me. I had to block my time. And now I do have some, I do have some services that are consultative in nature where there's a fee. Uh, when we've, if we've become, we had to make that necessary, a necessary part of the business because obviously I can't do everything all the time for free, but I know you were instrumental in helping me through that process, like talking through, getting through the, the different events and educating people, understanding that I'm not going to ever be one of those people that's going to charge you $50,000 over the course of a weekend to sit, to provide you with a bunch of information that you're just not ready to take. It's just maybe not going to work for you. I, I still, I would never go to that place, but you've been instrumental in helping me realize how valuable, number one, how valuable my time is. And the more that I'm able to give to people, the, you know, the, the better I'm, the more efficient I am at using my time, the more effective I can be to the people that I help every day. And that's why I get out of bed, that's why I do this, that's part of my why. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's the whole thing is that our time is the one resource that we have that we can't make more of, we can't get back. Once it's gone, it's gone. Correct. Absolutely correct. And that's something that I'm probably going to need you to remind me of on a regular basis because I'm still looking for that 25th hour sometimes. I'm, we're just getting ready to add a couple more people to the team. Just For example, we're adding a copywriter and some other people to help us uh, send the message out and take a lot of the tasks off of Jill and I and Christian uh, because we're very, very busy working with our clients already and, and working on our own investments. And sometimes we've forgotten about our own, our own properties. We, uh, as far as bringing on more properties, we have teams to manage the properties, obviously, but you know, our goal needs to be continuing to acquire cash flowing assets. And that's why we're doing what we're doing. We want to educate these, the, the people, educate the public, help keep them from a lot of the pitfalls, help show them how they can leverage what they have, to get what they need in order for them to accomplish what they want. And mindset is, is absolutely critical in that. Now, 
I want to talk a minute about about mindset and, and today's mindset and people in, in this economy. For example, we're in a society now in the last 20, 25 years where people will finance anything they can get their hands on. They'll, they'll go finance car rims and cars and speakers for your car if they can and get it on payments. I mean, how do you in this is does the same mindset or the same process that you do apply to shifts in mindset for culturally accepted things such as I, I can go finance my couch? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, think of it this way that some t- a lot of people who go finance do all that kind of stuff to them that's not real money. Ah, uh, see. So, you know, it's something that's going to happen in the future or oh, I'll take care of it or whatever, but it's not hard cash and sometimes one way to get around that is to uh, you know take some time and pay everything in cash i say okay so it's uh you have to re-educate your mind to think in terms that if i'm going to finance something yeah that's money and that's more money than i'm actually paying for it if i paid cash for it i say okay that's that's a good point i never I thought about that and that's to some degree that's what we did that's what jill finally made me do is i was a doodad or something wicked if i could get my hands on a doodad i'd buy it take me to a gun show i'd spend every penny i had but I stopped using credit cards and we paid off all of our bad debt, all of our credit cards. And folks, sideline for that is that those of you who have just tuning into the show for the first time, Robert Kiyosaki, one of our mentors, talks about good debt versus bad debt. And good debt is debt that makes you money. For example, getting a mortgage on a home, that's considered good debt. Raising capital for an investment property, those things are good debt. Bad debt would be taking your Visa card, going down to your local Best Buy, swiping it for a big screen TV that you don't need. Or buying things that that don't provide any cash flow to you. They don't provide anything else besides cash flow. Uh, we don't. We're not a big believer, and we're not actually. We're dead against bad debt. We don't want any of our our listeners, and that's our goal is to get you guys to stop swiping those credit cards for the things you don't need. Instead, focus on building good debt. It's a little bit of it's a little bit of Robert Kiyosaki and a little bit of Dave Ramsey. Um, I, I love the message that Dave Ramsey put out there, but I think it needs a little bit of tweaking for the purposes because I think by building wealth, you're going to have to use debt to build wealth. You absolutely cannot build wealth just in cash alone. You're going to have to use leverage. The process, nobody will live long enough to see the process. So back to, uh, back to your book for a minute. I know you have a website that you've built uh, temporarily for the book until it's release date, and, and I believe on that website you can download a sample of the book, correct? Right. Yeah, there's... For a limited time now, there's some pre-release copies that are out just before it comes out, so that if you want to get in ahead of everybody else, um, you know, there's a limited number of pre-release copies, so you can go to that site and get it. Okay. The site is witchdoctorrx.com. That's witchdoctor, W-I-T-C-H, doctor, D-O-C-T-O-R-R-X.com, witchdoctor.com. All right, and that's going to be in the show notes. I'll make sure we get that into the show notes for you. And uh, this has been a great episode, and I really want to hear some results from some of our listeners that pick up the phone and call you. I mean, do you offer like a 10, 15-minute consultation, something, anything like that, if they give you a ring or reach out to you via your website? Maybe you can set up an appointment to kind of get an idea of what their needs are. Maybe you can help them. Is that something that's doable? Yeah, I usually do up to a half an hour. Half an hour? Okay, good. That's the same as I do. So, folks, that's going to wrap up this week's episode, but... Uh, I did want to let you know that uh, the the uh, witch doctor, Mark, Smarter Business Coach, he can be reached at 813-748-7747, 813-748-7747. 
His website, his normal website is smartermojo.com, S-M-A-R-T-E-R mojo.com. And uh, we've also got a new Facebook group I want to tell you guys about. If you're loyal listeners of the Cashflow Guys podcast, you can go to thecashflowguys.com forward slash group. Cashflowguys.com forward slash group. That will take you right over to our Cashflow community right on Facebook. That group is there for a means of our listeners to get together, share ideas, ask questions directly to me and the team. If I'm not available to answer the questions, I'm sure one of the members of the team will be more than happy to jump in and help you out. If you need referrals, things like that, where you're here to help, if you need help with a real estate agent, anything like that, we are. that's a great source to reach out say, hey, help me, Tyler, I need some help. But uh, we hope to see you on the next show, and thanks for listening. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.